Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of the Long Lost Heroes Podcast. I'm not going to say this week's episode because we actually have two this week. Uh, this is the uh, overall Pierce Brosnan James Bond recap episode after we watched all four of his films. I am still Frank in Brooklyn, here with my <laughs> very good friend. Not here physically, but across the waters and the, the lands. AJ, how are you doing? I'm well, man. Thank you very much for asking. It's good to be with you uh, here in these trying times. <laughs> um, I've been looking forward to doing these and discussing these with you. It's been a great project. I love taking on projects with you. Uh, it's always fun, and it we kind of see what we have to do and it's always fun to be back in the weeds in the beach hut trying to figure out how we're gonna get these crab cakes out of these people (laughs) (laughs) and that always makes me happy so this is i'm excited to continue on yeah and i'm glad to wrap up the first little part that we're starting yeah and and we're organized now we've got a system in place uh yes we've got a, a path laid out for us we when we were brainstorming the project we're like how are we gonna do this there's so many bond movies what are we talking about here really and so the, the path that we forged uh, started with Pierce Brosnan. Um, we're doing this recap now, and then we're going to have a, a brief hiatus tangent to talk about Austin Powers and some of the other films of the 90s and 2000s that were coming out around this time these films were coming out and why uh, they compare and compra- contrast and the adjustments that the Bond franchise had to make. Um, and additionally, we've also created a rating scale uh, based on 10 different categories. Um, if you've listened to our episodes on World is Not Enough and Die Another Day, you should already know what those categories are and what our, our general thoughts are. Um, but we developed it after we talked about GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Day dies. So uh, we're going to talk about those now and just our general thoughts on Bond. Um, did, I, did I cover that pretty well for you? You set it up really well. You kind of did what, you know, I don't know if you watch her, but I I do watch Rachel Maddow. And something that she does is like right when she has her guest come on, like they're like a professional. She asks them, did everything I just say, was that right? And they're always (laughs) like, yes, of course it was right. And like, I just want to say, yes, Frank, of course it was right. Like Today's agenda, today's Zoom meeting. Yeah, we've, listen, we have a fucking plan. This is the fucking plan. You're either on the plan or not on the plan. This is, this episode is really for everybody because we think that, uh, we've seen that some of the episodes we put up are listened to by people who are not listening to things that are necessarily current and they're kind of evergreen. So we wanted to do this as a way to kind of make them, you know, uh, good for people who are just want to tune in or maybe want to catch up or don't like the Pierce Brosnan films. Like, Whatever you want to do, like this is for you guys, and also a way to kind of give some time to uh, Mr. Brosnan, who I think does a great job and is the main reason we're all here today. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I want to give it to Frank to say, like, you know, what do you think is his legacy? You know, off the top of your head, um, you know, what makes Pierce Brosnan's role as James Bond significant to you? Well, to me, it's he was my first Bond. Um, I I pretty sure that any of the ones that I would have seen um, were the first Bonds that I would have seen would have been his. Um, and then I would have revisited some of the the classics. Uh, I think for us growing up in the '90s, it was a really great um, way to enter and kind of get the the gist and what makes Bond a cool character and what 
makes the the format of these films entertaining. Um, and I think he, you know, he rides a, the line of being um, a good action star, but also being like charming and um, but not over the top uh, cheesy. Uh, I mean, it, it, he goes on the scale and it, like every now and then it'll tear in different directions. But I feel like he's pretty middle of the road. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously later on we, we got the, the Daniel Craig movies, which like changes up the game so much so it, this is a refreshing look back at um a simpler time <laughs> yeah i right i i feel similarly but i also feel a little bit different i feel like when you know we're introduced to uh golden uh you know it it kind of is like it's like a cultural thing it's like the return of james bond this is who james bond is and then if you look kind of at the release pattern of how, you know, Tomorrow Never Dies, World is Not Enough, Die Another Day came out, it, they're so rapid fire. It's kind of like the 1999, in the, the 2000 Yankees, like the late 90s Yankees, where, like, they're just, like, cranking these guys out and trying to hit these big, ambitious, you know, movies that make a ton of money. Like, this is a totally lucrative franchise at this point. Sure. You know, like, these movies were still making money regardless of, like, the bad reviews uh, you know, and I think to me, Pierce Brosnan kind of symbolizes kind of like a world in transition kind of, and it's interesting to see how the movies like start out with like a very opt, like very, the world trying to be as optimistic as it can be and slowly over time getting more and more nihilistic and, uh, you know, um, concerned and, uh, pessimistic about what the future is going to be. Yeah. And, that's something that like throughout these movies, like it's kind of an, a descent. Whereas in the Craig films, like the world's already to shit, <laughs> you know, like it's bond in a new era of our global, you know, strategic, um, you know, espionage and, you know, intelligence, you know, yeah. like it's a totally I, different world. I totally feel what you're saying there. Cause like the golden eye starts, uh, set in the cold war and then there's a time jump. Um, so like we really get this, wide span of of time with the character right like it's like oh yeah we're optimistic the cold war's over but then it ends like post 9-11 so the world changed like so drastically throughout these films that yeah the it, it, it isn't quite as rosy as i think they were hoping the movies were gonna go and you know tomorrow never dies i think is like the 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 prime example that is like okay we're moving forward into like a different kind of plot here and right then, then it kind of unravels yeah, and you know, I think he does his best at portraying. I I think really a good, I think a very good Bond, a very memorable, a very likable Bond. Like he's very one of the uh, things that Judy Dench says on the special features for uh, Die Another Day is she says she is he, uh, Pierce Brosnan has a great humanity. He brings a lot of uh, emotion and like vulnerability to Bond. And I think that that's right. And I think he kind of plays this, you know, I don't want to say this, but Seinfeldian, like, postmodern bond in this world that's, like, so – that's changing around him, you know? Mm. And I think that arc, especially that's kind of cemented with the uh, supporting characters throughout these films, which kind of are maintained continuity-wise, you know, more or less from the get-go uh and that's very cool 
and you know it does give him kind of a you know a redemption thing and you know he you know even though it's not really uh you know completed or you know resolved in kind of an epilogue um he does have a pretty interesting hero's journey throughout his his tale here yeah and, and I, you know the fact that there is some continuity with, with some of the players like um obviously m um and then uh, i think we we called him out last time uh robinson the agent and uh money penny and then q slash r slash q which you know it te- <laughs> tends to always be uh the same um but it's kind yeah. of the, the first time where it's like this is a a set cast of characters that um are adjacent to to pierce brosnan's bond that he recognizes as we we recognize are the same people and that it's not like and that the story is continuing on um even if it doesn't really reference itself um but you know we can believe that this was a you know a subset of the story of bond um yeah uh i think um you you said it nicely that we don't really get an epilogue we don't get a, a wrap-up um die another day happens and I, I feel like they 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 kick him out to the curb um whether it was a contract ex- expiration or whether they were the, the writing was on the wall or whether he was unhappy doing it still whatever there's probably so many factors but it, it just kind of goes out with a whimper which is sad um especially you know with such a strong start and the pace that these films come out um yeah it makes me wish that they they could have really given him a a good send-off well something that we're going to also kind of talk about in in an upcoming episode but i wanted to allude here my thought from the previous one so if you were like oh what's aj about to say that he's not going to say well you know think about it like this like both franchises that we both love were in the 90s and kind of came into the 2000s and rebooted were Batman and James Bond. And there was no Batman 5. You know, there was right. rumored Batman 5 where it was Batman Legacy where other villains were going to show up from past movies and kind of continue this continuity of the character, yada, yada, yada. But instead, we get Batman and Robin as the last send-off with, you know, the that the Burton continuity Batman, right? So, right. Uh, you know, it's interesting that those two movies, you know, both silly, both, you know, reviled for their, you know, uh, pre proto CGI, you know, they, they both, you know, emphasize an era that's like excess, but it's not, uh, you know, it's like flavorless, you know, it like has no texture and reality. So you're comparing Batman and Robin and die another day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that, and it's interesting because Batman and Robin is what ninety seven. Yeah, um, so there are five years between these, um, and it's interesting that the end of the Batman uh, is is or the Batman saga of the Burton films um, is the same time that Tomorrow Never Dies comes out, and it's kind of like peak for Bond, but it doesn't uh, like they get a couple more years of of, of uh, cultural relevance. Um, besides and then like batman is gone for a long time um which we can definitely get into in one of our later episodes uh as we talk about the other superhero films of the era um sure yeah it's interesting that 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 there's kind of two films there that we don't or franchises that don't get the send-off that they deserve 
you know, like do you, so that's the whole thing. Like, are we all going to culminate in trilogies? Is that the, is, like, like the Nolan films, you know, or Lord of the Rings, like, does everything have to be a perfect trilogy or can a fourth film and a fifth film like really do work to, you know, move the story along. And I, and I think the only other franchise you can look at is like something like star Trek, right? Where like yeah. star Trek after a certain point, it's not really about like, you know, the long and winding road. It's, it is, it is the journey, it is the journey, not the destination, you know? Right. And, uh, these guys are out there fucking saving whales at some point, you know? <laughs> uh, so, you know, here, um, you know, I, I, so back to Brosnan, um, I think, you know, his legacy, you know, really, um, uh, is looked back on with rosy, you know, colored glasses and, you know, a lot of nostalgia and brings back, you know, kind of a different time and, it, you know, maybe is great, but I think, you know, where we're going to see the, the, you know, James Bond franchise go, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to get there too. What do you, all right. So what do you, what do we want to talk about now? Well, go, I was Frank. just saying to respond. I, I think uh, you're right. It th there is a lot of level nostalgia for us. Um, it makes me wonder what um, other people uh, that didn't grow up with these, maybe that are older generation than us, um, what they think of the, the Pierce Brosnan era films. And I think in like 10 or 20 years from now, when Daniel Craig's has been done and we're on to the next iteration, it'll be interesting to see kind of what our, like whoever the next Bond is and how we're going to compare that person to Pierce Brosnan will be interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, so from going forward here, I think uh, we have a couple of tasks at hand. Um, would you rather go about your world is not enough revision or do you want to talk about GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies, our ratings? Well, yeah, I guess we should talk about this now. So uh, I'm bad at math, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, uh, don't blame it on the math. Blame it on the Excel file and the, and the formatting of, of the sure of the but the formula. Either, either way, I'm at fault because you know I'm doing this stuff all day in my workplace, and I don't really think about. I, I wasn't really paying attention when I was doing this. I got to admit. And it really got me in big trouble because I looked like a total doofus. So, Frank, tell the people what I did. Okay, so here's what happened. So, we uh, on the World is Not Enough episode, AJ gave his ratings, and I did mine live because this was the first time we talked about it. Mine uh, added up to a total of 59 points. Um, AJ said that his added up to 55 points. And then I went back to the, the sheet, and it actually added up to 60. <laughs> and so it's like oh we just spent the whole episode talking about how uh, you liked this movie uh, less than I did. And then um, my, my ratings was higher. Uh, so you went back and revised your numbers to make sure that it still was 55. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> uh, that's definitely true. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's fine. I mean, you want to keep the overall number... And, uh, integrity and uh, where did you knock down? Do you so I knocked down on um, uh, world is not enough. I knocked down um, the legacy. I knocked it down uh, five points and then I knocked down the uh, no four points. And then I knocked down the uh, bond performance one point to get to 55. Okay. It, so yeah, I think that the bond performance that's, 
fine. That makes sense. But like what over the, the course of the week or so that we talked about it made you feel like knocking down four points in legacy. <laughs> That's a drastic change. Well, like uh, it doesn't really have a crazy legacy, you know, like yeah. it's a, uh, you know, it's nice, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, I, it's a, it's a, it's a boring film. Like it's very forgettable. Like, yeah. and I don't want to watch it again. You know, that's what makes me sad. It's like, I don't care. I don't want to see it again. Yep. I feel you. you. Know? Okay. Sorry. So, so then, uh, going, I guess, backwards, um, we, we just talked about die another day. Both of us really didn't care for it. Um, you, your aggregate was a 39. Mine was a 66. Um, not too dissimilar. World is not enough. You gave a 55. I gave a 59. So both of these uh, movies are pretty much fails <laughs> on the scale. Um, and uh, it would be interesting to see what they compare to uh, based on like review scores and, and that kind of thing. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. <laughs> to, to the tomato meters. Uh, uh, because I, I do think... Um, that at least die another day was is not very uh well received but uh world's not enough i can't remember um so there's that uh so as we go forward do you want to do um uh, point by point uh analysis for the ratings for each of the other two movies uh yeah no i like doing the point by points uh okay so I let's go with golden eye yeah so golden eye you know, I think, you know, going looking back on it, what I remember is the damn sequence. Uh, it's awesome. It's a great video game level. It's great. Boom. Nine. Like, if I'm going to make a James Bond montage, I'm definitely going to include a shot from the damn sequence. Absolutely. Um, I gave it an eight. I think it is really good. I think there the reason maybe I docked it a little more than you. I think there was something about the special effects that I, I didn't love. And then in comparison to not to spoil, but in comparison to Die, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, I, I felt like that was a stronger opening. So I, I gave it a little bit less of a score and an eight. Sure. Uh, so in, when it comes to plot, you know, I think so in terms of plot, I think Goldeneye is a little bit convoluted and like a little bit weird and like it kind of has different uh, things going on and it kind of changes around a couple times. So I kind of gave it a five because I think that there are better Bond movie plots out there. Sure. And I'm happy to wait to see them in upcoming movies. Uh, Frank, you gave it an eight. Yeah. Um, I think maybe again, this, I, I have more of a nostalgia for this movie. So I kind of remember the intricacies of the plot a little bit. Um, and I think the game also comes to into play. Um, and so I think that's why for me, it's rated a little bit higher. I think um, compared to some of the others, it's maybe you know, yeah, tinted based on um, my nostalgia and it could be lower, but yeah, an eight, I, I like it. I think it's um, easy enough to follow and like the twist is pretty, pretty good. Oh, that's, I completely agree. Uh, when you get to uh, gadgets, I think Goldeneye, you know, the, w the watch laser, the pen grenade, it's, they're so integral to the plot. They're awesome. 
the car, unfortunately, it's why it's not at like a nine or an eight or a nine is you, the car doesn't feature heavily as nicely. Yeah. Uh, he also does drive a tank. So I'll give it a couple like, you know, bonus points for that. Yeah. Uh, so I gave that a seven. Frank, you also gave this an eight. So that's three eights in a row. I know. I, I didn't mean to do it that way, but it just. Um, so what are you, are you just like you're bubbling in well, B all I, the I way mean, down? Not, not to spoil it, but I, I gave this movie an 80. <laughs> so pretty much that's where it is. Like, it kind sure. Of, you know, it, it hovers around in that eight level up and down a couple of points here and there. Um, but yeah, maybe so, we don't have to do everything. Maybe we should just do the overall ratings. What do you think? And we could uh, edit it. Well, no, I think it's fine. I think we could just. Maybe if some of them are because some of the things are, are, are notable to call out like, OK, well, like, yeah, I gave yeah. it an eight. But it, all right. For the same reasons why you just discussed, I, I liked it. But I also think that the, the tank and the, the helicopter and, and the opening sequence, like some of those other the vehicles gave it a little bit of extra edge because like for next category, Bond Girls, you gave yeah. a four. Like, I right, want to talk about that. Like, that's yeah. a that's a low, low bar. Yeah, it's low. OK. So Bond Girls, you know, is another subject we've included in our 10 person, 10, 10 person, 10 category scale, uh, just to make it easy. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I gave them four. You know, I think, you know, I like uh, Natalia. I like On a Top, but I think this love uh, story slows the plot. I think they're kind of annoying. Uh, I don't, I'd love on a top as the physical on antagonist. We'll talk about that in a second, but as a bond girl, I don't love the whole performance of this movie. Yeah. I gave it a seven. Um, I think I'm a little more forgiving of Natalia. Um, I think she's kind of she's like, she's cute. She's fun. She's not like, I, I do think that the, the love story grinds things to a halt and that's kind of unfortunate, but, um, it's not, uh, she's not um like she has some use to the plot that's um maybe a little bit more than you know uh denise richards or something like that um that's true uh villain sean bean is evil (laughs) yes sean bean is evil and i like when he's evil and plays a bad guy uh he dies twice in this movie um and he's uh he's very good i gave him an eight you know he's not he's not my least favorite part of this movie i gave him a nine i think he's my favorite villain of the the four i love the the personal connection Ooh. um so I, I think that's pretty cool um and and the twist and his uh and his motivations and the fact that he's kind of hiding in the shadows for part of it i, I like i like that okay uh physical antagonist so this is something we've like we're we've we've created. I don't know if anybody's ever really talked about this kind of category. Maybe they have a different name for it. Maybe mm-hmm. like henchman or something, Henchmen. <laughs> but like we, it, I think what you can call it is a physical antagonist. Somebody who bond is going to be fighting, uh, in this movie who like usually works for the villain. Cause we've seen how bond villains usually have changed or they're not always, um, so, uh, you know, ripped, you know, like where they're not going to fight bond all the time. And we may find that some of the movies, maybe there isn't somebody in this category or maybe that right. the, the physical and the villain kind of are one and the same, but so far sure. it's worked that there has been someone in this role. Um, and so the, in, in this movie on a top, um, which is interesting yeah, because it's a, it's a female character, whereas the rest of them are all male. Yeah. And she's like, she's so badass in this movie. Famke Jensen, 
and she's you know we know her as uh, Jean Grey from the X Men franchise. Uh, she's awesome in this movie. She's totally over the top and ridiculous. Very memorable. Uh, I'm gonna give her a nine. I thought she was fabulous. You also gave her a nine. Exactly. So. Uh, okay. So Bond performance. You know, I think for Pierce Brosnan, you know, th- I gave him a nine. It's a it's a big swing. It's his first time. And he has to do a lot in this movie. He has to wear the tux. He's got to drive the car. He's got to drive a tank. He's got to go on this crazy big satellite dish thingy. He's got to get out of a train. He's got to blow up a train. You know, he's he yeah. has to do all the thingies. He's uh, the thing I like about him in this one is he's um, he's a little bit quieter. I think it, like it, and I, subtle. It's, it's it's a lot subtler. Um, I think some of his um, portrayals are more reserved, and he just feels kind of like. Uh, he feels like a secret agent instead of like a superhero, you know? Yes. Um, and, and I think that's, that stands the test of time a little bit better. Um, a lot of the things that he does is more believable. Um, and you feel like he's competent, you know, you, you don't feel like he's ever in over his head or as some of the other times you're like, Oh man, how is he going to achieve this? And um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, we both give it a nine. Great. We both great give performance, it a nine. great start. Uh, okay, so then the legacy, continuity moment, and relevancy. This is like a goofy category, but we wanted to have one that kind of cited different parts of it. Like, what makes this movie important to the James Bond legacy? You know, is there any continuity moments that go back and forth between these films? Is there anything, you know, that really stands out about to the culture about how this movie is looked back on? And to me, there's a huge one for this, and it's, I gave it a nine, and that's for the video game. And the fact that this is like the new Bond and the Bond of like our childhood. Yeah, ex- exactly. I also gave it a nine for this category. Um, you've mentioned before that this director comes back later um, to to direct Casino Royale, and I think that's kind of important and it's telling um, that this film um, has the ability to have a lasting legacy and impact, you know, people outside and be like, oh, well, let's go back to that guy because he did a great job. The video game right. is huge. I think um, it's different and it's interesting. It came out a few years later, but um, it, people talk about GoldenEye in a uh, positive way because of the video game and not even necessarily the plot of the video game, but because that's so the highly regarded, the, everyone thinks that this everyone's movie, staying late, uh, late at night playing a, you know, sleepover and hanging out and playing with RCP nineties and shooting each other. Exactly. And so like of all the people that have played the game, like how much do they remember the actual movie? Probably not that much, but it, it helps boost up the, the perception of the movie, I think, which is, it's good. Slapper I- slappers only in ready or player one. Like that's a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So yes, um, this is a huge movie for the culture. Uh, Special effects, I'm going to say a six. I think they're a bit dated in this movie. I don't think they hold up so good. They do have all the thingies I love. You know that, like the small models and, you know, different kinds of explosion thingies. But I don't think that the the way that they look today feels as good as the way that some of the things in Tomorrow Never Dies looks. Sure. I I gave it a seven. I think um, it doesn't really have much, if any, CGI. I think that kind of makes it stand a little bit better. Um, some of the practical effects in the model work make it feel like uh, a movie like, you know, other movies from like the 90s or the 80s that um, just make it feel a little bit more tangible. So, um, And then so the score and the song. Um, the music throughout the movie, but also the beginning song at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the 
the music from the song will be incorporated into the score. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it isn't. Uh, it all depends on who's making the score to begin with. And uh, I don't think it's very good. It has a lot of balls and like offs and like different like synth pad <laughs> sounds that you hear in the video game. Yeah. And like, I like that, but I also don't like it so much. So I I gave that a five. I gave it a six. I really don't like the song. Um, I think for, purely for nostalgia, I like some of the, the beeps and the boops um, because of the video game. <laughs> the beeps and the boops. And the sweeps and the creeps. And the sweeps. <laughs> oh, you're great. Uh, okay, so if you've been doing your math at home, you will now know that the totals. Uh, AJ gave this film a 71, and Frank gave this film an 80. So I feel like if we're in math class with Miss Pulaski, a 71 is like – not so good like you almost got a 69 or a 60 yeah uh and like an 80 is like totally awesome like uh, i'll take that shit home to the bank any day of the week in 80 well it's interesting though that like i guess for you i feel like you talk about this movie pretty positively um and then and i guess some of the categories that are really good help boost it up but you have some specific areas that really knock it down so yeah, clearly not your favorite of of all four, but um, and not my and not the one that I thought was going to be my favorite. I thought this was going to be my favorite. Sure. I thought I was going to love this movie going in, but a perfect segue. Um, my real favorite is Tomorrow Never Dies, and that shows in the score. I gave I g- also gave it an eighty. Uh, you gave it a seventy six, but let's break it down here. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so for the opening sequence, I think it's also a nine. Super memorable. Bond is stopping a nuclear uh, explosion by flying a jet and exploding an ejector seat into somebody else's jet. It's fucking awesome. It's I fabulous. Love, it's great. love, love this opening sequence. Um, I think as I was watching it, I texted you and it was just like, this is <laughs> absolutely incredible to watch. Um, my favorite of all of them. So that. that oh my God. Totally. Me. It's so excellent. And it, it really does feel new and updated, but also classic Bond and, and, and uh confident you know which leads into kind of where i think this movie kind of shines and where i give it a whole bunch of eights and nines is the plot i gave it an eight i think the plot here is super relevant fake news before fake news you know ultimately carver is steve jobs and rupert murdoch tied to one person together and they're you know dictating you know how the world markets and an economy and you know global militaries are reacting you know based on stuff that he's doing and and that's something that we fucking see in regular world today yeah i gave it a seven i i agree with you but i feel like just a little bit of it feels a little um i guess not not dated but i think there's certain elements that make it feel like it's looking forward and like trying to project like what would happen um, in today's yeah. society, and I think it just sort of slightly misses the mark. Uh, but I can't. It, there's no like real reason why I can't explain it. That it, I think for me, like when I saw the plot of the movie that came out as we we're watching the beginning, I was like, "Oh, really? Okay, maybe it just felt a little bit basic." I guess that's sure. That's um, okay, next category: gadgets. Cue in the car. I gave this a nine. One of my favorites: the Avis product placement scene. <laughs> the uh, car the 750 il bmw the driving it with the phone that has the touchpad on it so good dude so good two and two really great you know sequences of bond in the car and then the motorcycle uh really 
I, I think this is a very good, memorable, a memorable Bond uh, outing for the gadgets. Yeah, I agree. Nine all the way. I love the scene in the parking garage. I thought that was fantastic. Um, all right. So moving on to Bond girls, um, we are pretty, uh, pretty equal here. Uh, eights. Yeah, we both gave him eights. Uh, you know, I like this because you have Michelle Yeoh, who is fucking uh, advocating for herself and totally badass. And then Terry Hatcher and Terry Hatcher's boobs. They're really great in this movie. <laughs> um, and uh, it's interesting. And, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely builds some tension for Bond in the beginning. And I like uh, how the relationship between Bond and Wayland escalates throughout the movie. Totally agree. I think they um, they both are memorable um, and have their roles in the film, um, but don't really detract from the plot or anything like that. It doesn't slow things down. So. Okay, villain. Um, we're yeah, still so in we agreement. Both, <laughs> yeah, we're still in agreement. Eight. Like we think that you know Price is fucking awesome. He's chewing the scenery in every shot. Uh, he's so great and evil and believable and i we love him and i think that he delicious like he gives these like really great line readings that are fun and remind me of classic bond villains but also of somebody who is created out of a new um understanding of how uh control of the world economy works like it's like a new it's a it's a villain for a new world you know it's it's not something that you would see in 1967, but it was definitely something you could definitely see in a movie in 2005 or in 2015 or maybe even this year, you know? Sure. And I think like, to me, like one of the things that we always talk about when we talk about the MCU and and those villains is like how, uh, like the, the, the villains that will give like a 10 or a nine to are the ones that like have, um, like a story that you can relate to and you can, um, understand their plight or their their struggles um or there's a personal connection i think that's like the one thing that's lacking here right like he's got he's got this idea but you're not like sympathetic for his reasons behind it like he's still doing some evil stuff because he wants to do evil stuff and control oh yeah you know i i like him a lot i think he he's a, a great villain um but could there's still improvement that can be made um, oh, right. for sure. And, you know, he's not he's not perfect. He's not somebody they could have could have kept coming back to. No. You know, he does. He couldn't have a longer legacy than just the one movie. But he was definitely interesting. Um, so uh, the physical antagonist, you know, the the bad guy, James Bond, is going to fight uh, Stamford. You know, as much as he's underdeveloped, he's a real big badass. And I think when he came into the meeting, he said, I am big, I am blonde, I am German. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he's like this like big, crazy dude. Uh, So, you know, I like him. So I think he gets a seven um, because I would love to see him come back or, you know, take, um, you know, he would be a great video game character. Sure. I I don't know. It it goes back to when we were talking about it on the podcast. I couldn't even remember his name. Um, I gave him a five. I think he he is menacing and he's kind of big, but like I just don't. I never felt like that Bond was super threatened by him, and um, I just don't feel like he had much to say or do, um, at least compared to some of the other ones that we had. Sure. Uh, okay, Bond's performance. So 
I gave this a nine, and I'm going to say this is my favorite Pierce Brosnan outing. Um, I think this is really where he discovered how he was going to play Bond, that it, was, it wasn't just about being uh, cool and confident and um, kind of, like, smizing through, like, his, uh, you know, smiling with his eyes, like, through doing, like, really cold, crazy shit. But I also think that, like, he's... Uh, he's at the he the bond that he's portraying is at the top of his game in his abilities in tomorrow never dies when we see him in world is not enough his shoulder is hurt he's supposed to be a little bit more of a uh, you know a hindered character based on that injury and it doesn't come across in the film at all and i think that you know it's something that they say in the beginning that it just doesn't really ever get brought up again fully and it could have been used and played really well and done different and introduce something that we could see in a Craig film, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but here, uh, he's firing on all cylinders. He's fucking brawling. He's riding all these amazing vehicles. He's doing these great action scenes and, you know, doing them himself. And really, every scene ratchets up to the crescendo ending. And I, I think he, like, he... It's like a seeing a good song. Like he, this is his best song, and the one I would want to see again and again. Yeah, I, I agree. I gave it a nine. I think uh, you pretty much nailed it. Uh, everything. Uh, he, this, this is his best. It's unfortunate that like he can't maintain that throughout the rest of the one, the ones that he's in, um, because I do feel like he really came into his own. But maybe there are other factors that that didn't let him do that. Um, so uh, the legacy, the continuity, the relevancy moment, um, I think um, it's interesting. Like re Revisiting this movie, I didn't remember much of it. Um, it maybe just came out at that magical time that it just like went out my brain. Um, so for whatever reason, before I go going to see this one again, I didn't remember the plot. And so to me, that's why I, got, I gave it a little bit of a dock. It's, you know, I gave it a seven, but... Um, I think looking back on it now, yeah, the plot is pre pretty relevant. And, um, you know, the fact that we really love this movie um, will speak to like the next 10 or 20 years. Like we'll be like, oh, yeah, we liked it. That There's there's a reason to like it. It's his best outing. Um, and and the, the plot that uh, is fake news is still relevant to this day. Boom. Shakalakua boy. I yes, I agree with you. I think. Uh, the you know the Avis Q scene is a, is totally a montage moment, right? Like that's something you would throw in, you know, if you're gonna be doing a Pierce Brosnan, you know, hot clips. Sure. Thing. <laughs> uh, okay. So you gave it uh, an eight. Um, yeah, I gave it an eight. Uh, special effects. I like. We both like this. We gave this movie a lot of the same scores. Uh, we both gave this sevens. Mm -hmm. uh, I gave it a seven because it's a lot of practical stunts. Yeah. Uh, a lot of practical effects. Um. And it like it does still like hold up. I don't think that they are. I don't think they're like done for today's movie pacing. Like they're paced for a movie 10, 20 years ago when people could watch, you know, a two hour movie. And I think now like people want a little bit more faster uh, um, driven sequences. And I think a lot of these sequences, like they can kind of drag and lose your attention if you're not fully in it, you know? Yeah. Which is weird to say that you'd lose your attention during an action scene. But like, imagine like you really had to pee during the motorcycle sequence. 
yeah, like, it just if keeps you going really, on. <laughs> yeah. If you really had to pee, like, at what point are you going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go pee. You know, like. Well, and that's the thing. Like, sometimes that's not a bad time because you're not going to miss plot. You're just going to miss action. Right. Exactly. Cool, like, yeah, it, it could go on too long. Um, yeah. Whereas, I mean, like, I, I think a in an Avengers movie, the action is so closely tied into the story, you can't pee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Okay. I, I think uh, for me, like the yeah, there's more practical stunt. Like the, why this to me is the same as Golden Eyes. Like, okay, some there there are boosts in some of the the action sequences, but like maybe there's a little more uh, reliance on CGI that I, I maybe wouldn't like as much. So it, it equals out seven. I think it's fine. Um, and then the final category, the score and the song. It's uh. A seven for both of us. <laughs> it's, it's not amazing. It's not great. I think yeah. that's what, one of the things about all these films. Like they, they have dated themselves. Um, none of the, the music has really been that memorable, um, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. There'll be other ones that'll be, um, will stand the test of time maybe. Um, so yeah, we, we get to the end here. Anything else you want to say about the score and the song? No. <laughs> uh, that's fine. So I I gave it a seventy six. You gave it an eighty. So we kind of flip flopped here. Um, yeah. Um, I think purely on nostalgia, I I like Golden Eye a little bit better. But um, I kind of doctored it that way because I'm like, I really liked Tomorrow Never Dies a lot more than I expected. So I, I kept them kind of close together. Um, so I think we can probably recommend Tomorrow Never Dies number one to watch um golden eye as well is a close second if you want to go back and and uh revisit pierce brosnan um like you said world is not enough not a, not a movie that we really want to go back to die another day is uh is, is a hard way to end um so so that's our our uh our rating scale uh, please if you you've got thoughts on that and if you want to rate your um these movies on your own and chime in and tell us what you thought about them. That'd be awesome. We can compare and contrast. Um, anything else to, to wrap up on Pierce Brosnan's uh, jaunt as James Bond? You know, um, I think he did a great job and I'm sorry that he didn't get the send off that he deserved, but I think it's also fitting that Bond doesn't always need a send off and that, you know, he's looked back on fondly. Like imagine like, there being a fifth movie where it's even worse than die another day true and even sillier and even crazier. And they went harder into the CGI. Like it could have just been way more terrible. So I'm glad that they kind of do a reboot, but I love Pierce and I loved his, uh, portrayal. Um, to me, he's always going to, he's always going to be your first. You always remember your first. Uh, I don't know if he's my favorite, but I definitely think that this is a great, uh, it's a great entry level for people into bond. You know, I think he's a very accessible person for someone to start. Like, like we, I haven't really seen the, the Dalton films, but like, I don't know if I would ever show one of them, you know, or watch one of them first. If I was never seen anything, you know, I'd probably want to go back to see either a modern classic or a modern movie or a classic classic, you know, sure. and this movie definitely his turn definitely has some of those, you know, modern classics in there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a Pierce Brosnan's a great entry point for people, um, and I think that's what they were going for in the mid '90s—a um, a soft reboot. And uh, so, you know, after this, we 
we'll have another reboot into Daniel Craig. Um, we'll, we'll dive into each one of his films, um, which will be probably more in line with uh, some of our other movie discussions because they're a bit more of the modern movie. Um, but sure, yeah. but we're but the the cool thing about what we're about to do with Craig is that they have to take Bond in a new direction, you know, and and like that's why I think it's, um, you know. Uh, it, it's it's important to kind of set up where the world was at this time and why they had to do that. Yep. That's very true. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to this episode uh, where we recap everything Pierce Brosnan related. Um, we look forward to continuing on. Uh, this project has been really fun so far. Um, so let us know your thoughts. Uh, where can the people find us, AJ? So uh, if you um, want to check us out, you can go to our website, www.longlostheroes.net. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, uh, whatever have you you want. You can just find us there. You can hit subscribe and you'll get our podcast delivered to you exactly when it drops. Uh, you can send us an email, info at longlostheroes.net, or you can find us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter using at LLH podcast. Um, so yeah, folks, uh, tune in for our next coming, uh, tangential episodes coming soon. We hope you enjoy those. We hope you are doing well. Um, and, uh, please, uh, feel free to send us any, you know, feedback or suggestions. Uh, I am AJ and I am Frank. Have a good week, everybody, or have a good day or whatever you have going on over there. (laughs) All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye.